0: This is the GGC Life podcast. For you to believe that you're forgiven, you have to actually get that revelation in your mind first. Why were we forgiven? Because Jesus died on the cross as a sinless Lamb of God, the Son of the Living God, who never ever sinned, never ever disobeyed God. But He died on the cross in my place, in your place, and He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Now, now I get a revelation that God has forgiven all of my sins. You know what? How that makes a person feel? Completely clean, completely washed. All my stuff I've ever done wrong is gone, forgiven. I've got right standing with God. So that's going to make me think different. Now that I believe I've got right standing with God, I actually can start walking right standing with Him. I actually can live my life with righteousness. This is how it works. So when we read the Word, the reason why it's important for you to see it for yourself, and not just say, oh, Leo said that. Well, I heard that was preached. You've got to see it. So I'm showing you something. So hopefully you'll go in the Word and go. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to read the Word and I want to see it for myself. So that's the heart behind it. Amen. So let's pick it up from um, Paul, Paul the Apostle, who actually is praying his prayer. This is what he prays daily for the church. And Paul the Apostle was a great master builder, and he's going to pray a certain prayer that God the Father will definitely hear it and will answer it, and if you read chapter 3, we, we, get a, we get an inclination that Paul is clearly saying this mystery, a mystery means it's a secret, was hidden in God before the foundations of the world. But he says, but I revealed it when, when I write about it in a, a, a 4. He says, what I wrote about before. When, he said that in chapter 3. When did he write about the gospel? When did he write about the mystery? In chapter 1 and chapter 2. So it clearly tells, and he says, if you read it, you'll understand my insight into the mystery. It's very, very clear that what he wrote in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is Paul the Apostle's insight, revelation into this mystery that's hidden in God. I want to know what was hidden in God before the foundations of the world. This was a pre purposed, predetermined plan and purpose in the heart of God that was hidden from humanity. Until it's revealed in Jesus Christ and now the apostles and prophets revealing it to the saints. It's in the book of Ephesians. So now we know okay, what chapter 1 and chapter 2 is talking about. This is Paul who's a great apostle but it's only his insight. Why do I say that? Because he's still a human being before God and he's getting a certain revelation. But the Bible says that, he, that we could proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ that we are the proclaimers of the unsearchable, untraceable riches of Christ. I really believe with all my heart that when you, stay, when you go before God, when you, when you go to heaven, when you live in eternity, these unsearchable riches, you'll actually get a revelation of these unsearchable riches for all eternity. Do you know that? That's the exciting thing about heaven. It'll never stop. You won't get there. I know everything there is to know about the, unse- the searchable riches of Christ. See, see how I said Searchable riches. It's unsearchable riches. So in eternity, you'll forever get a revelation of His goodness, of His love. So this is is something our mind cannot comprehend, but our spirit, who's made in the image of God, who's eternal, your spirit's eternal, and God's eternal because we're made in His image, we're made in His likeness, our spirit can grasp the things of God. But our minds can't. Our minds will go non-compute. Our minds will go, what? Are you serious? Is that real? But your spirit can get it. And you, remember I said, you've got to get the revelation, then your mind will get renewed in that area. And then you can, Then that's when you can believe it. When you believe it, that's when you can walk it. You're not walking out. You have to walk out what you believe. If you see yourself as not worthy and nobody loves me and God, I wonder if God has forgiven me. I hope I make it to heaven when I die. I really don't know, but I hope, I don't know, when on, on that day I'll stand before Him. We'll see if I make it. If you think like that, you're going to live like that. Not knowing, not having peace. What does that bring? That brings shame, that brings condemnation, that brings not having peace. But we can know now that we're forgiven. We can know now that we stand before God. We're not standing before the great white throne judgment. We're standing before the judgment seat of Christ to receive rewards in heaven. It's not a matter of whether you make it or not. You've already been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, rescued, sorry, out of the kingdom of darkness, and then translated into the kingdom of the Son He loves. The Bible says you're already a citizen of heaven. I'm not trying to be an Australian citizen. Guess why? I'm not trying to be. Because I am an Australian citizen. I'm not trying to make it into heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. Heaven is inside of me. Heaven's inside of you. The kingdom of heaven, heaven is within you. It, 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 can you see all these thoughts? We have to change the way we think. We have to actually believe these things, the word. So so Paul goes in verse um, 15, For this reason I too, having heard of, your, of the of, of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you. And he's writing to the Christians in Ephesus. And he's saying, I've heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints. I love it. It's faith in our Lord Jesus, but love for all the saints. When you love the Lord Jesus, you will love all the saints. There's something powerful about loving the saints because you're walking in this revelation of Christ. So important to, to, to outwork it, right? Says, and Then he says, I, I, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. I do not cease giving thanks. He's always giving thanks for the, the, the people that he's praying for, the church. That's a beautiful thing. You should always be giving thanks for everyone in this church. Give thanks. Start off with thank you, Lord, for Tony and Heidi. Thank you for Tim and Jade. Thank you for John. Thank you for Lucas and Deed. Thank you. When you start thanking for where people are at, you have faith that they can keep growing. Because I know where they've come from, and then I'm going to see where they're going to go. But I, I give thanks for what you've done in their life. Thank you. for. I give thanks. So powerful. Let's give thanks for our family. Give thanks for our children. Give thanks. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Faith. faith thanks brings you into that faith realm. Look what it says. Um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. and I'm talking about the God, God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now just, sometimes we just we belittle, belittle the word. But God the Father, He's a Father. By what, How do we know God, what God is like? Jesus revealed Him as our Father. God the Father sits on a throne. And if you and I were translated into the throne right now, His face, the Father's face, would shine brighter than a thousand suns put together. Think of the glory of God like that. Think of the majesty of God like that. The holiness of God. Pure, 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 bright light of love and glory. Presence. The Father. This is who we approach. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who sits on a throne. Our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, the revelation knowledge of Him, Jesus I mean, this is the whole prayer that, that, that God, I'm praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, knowing Him. Paul could have prayed so many prayers. Didn't pray for health, didn't pray for prosperity, didn't pray for success, didn't pray for happiness, didn't pray for joy in your life, didn't pray for a healthy family, didn't pray for anything. He's saying the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of knowing Him. Because if you get this spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Him, everything else all the happiness, all the you know, joy, all the prosperity, all the blessings, all that happens. We already read Ephesians 1, I hope you did, just last week, a few weeks ago we did, Ephesians 1, 4, that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's already happened. So you've got to see yourself, I'm already blessed with every spiritual blessing. If there is a spiritual blessing you and I need, we already have it in my position and your position in Christ. I'm not trying to get it. I'm not trying to convince it. God to give it to me. I'm not trying to say, God, would you give me wisdom? I already got wisdom in Christ because Christ is in me. And Colossians says, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in him, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But I think am going to say, Christ is in me. Christ is in you. He's there. So I'm going to start saying, thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. I have your wisdom available. See, my confession, my belief changes. My revelation has made my belief change. Therefore, my confession changes. I'll never say, I don't know what to do here because I'm, I'm stupid. I'll never say that. Oh, I'm dumb. Oh, that's, a stu- that's silly of me. Oh, that's so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. That was so dumb of me. I would never say that about myself because that's not what I am. No, I really, really believe this. That's why I'll never say that. And I watch my words because I know my words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. We read it like death and life is the power of God. The Bible didn't say death and life is in the power of God. Death and life is the power of your tongue, your words. If the enemy can get you not to believe it, then it won't happen. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So the pulling down of strongholds. Where's the strongholds? Casting down every imagination and every height that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's like, if, it basically, it's saying if you can believe it, the devil can't stop you from getting it. That's where the warfare is. If you can believe your identity, if you can believe that you're a son, just like Jesus was a son, you do the works of Jesus. True? I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm thinking, Lord, uh, this morning as I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, I, I've walked in this mystery. This understanding of this mystery, to the best of my understanding, the best of my revelation, the best of my knowledge, and best of my efforts to obey God and all that, for thirty-five years, I said, "God, I want way more. This is nothing. This—I feel like I'm scratching the surface. I've got to feel like that because that's the only way I got to I've got to stay hungry. Thirty-five years, okay? Yeah, yes, there's been fruit. Yes, been, you know, there's been—you know—there's been results, and there's been great consequences for the kingdom to come. Yes, but God, thirty-five years—I want to know Your mystery better." I want to know what is hidden in God for me. Are you following me? And he says, okay, so we understand the the whole prayer of Paul is that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be given to us. And I pray that right now, not just preach it. I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be given to you. Receive it just by faith. So I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus to know him. To have his wisdom, to flow in the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of my heart. The word heart, some, some translate it, the, the eyes of our imagination. Imagination is good. God gave us an imagination. It's Im, image, isn't it? Imagination. Get the word image from. You've got to image it. I've got to imagine that I'm a son of God. Imagine I'm seated in heavenly places. Imagine I'm forgiven. Imagine I've got right standing with God. Image it. The words paint the image, doesn't it? Words create image. We communicate with images. We don't. We use words, but we don't. We don't actually communicate with words. When I say words as letters, if I say the word D O G, uh, if I say dog, you don't think D O G. In your mind, you see a dog. If I say black dog, you see a picture of a black dog. Black dog. If I say your house, now you see your house. If I say your room, now you see your room. You're supposed to see your room. It might be clean. Some have got really, really dirty rooms. But you see, the words are using a picture, communication, image. That's why it's important. If God says, I'm forgiven, I now have, a forgi- I have an image of I'm forgiven. I've got a right standing with God. I have peace with God. This is how you experience God's presence. I have peace with God. There's nothing I can do to get that peace any better than what it already is because Jesus already did it for me. His perfect sacrifice is enough to appease the wrath of God. And there is a wrath of God. There is a judgment of God. There is a judgment side of God. The fact that God is love means that God protects with His love. And He will not bring anyone into heaven unless they're born again. That's the wrath of God. That's the judgment of God. That we must be born again. And there is a hell that's a sever- the goodness and the severity of God the Bible talks about. In the same scripture, that we should understand the goodness and the severity of God. Severity means severeness. For anyone that's allowed in their free will, because they choose to follow the devil and his fa- uh, the devil as their father, you will receive the judgment of your father, uh, the, the nature of your father. Do you understand that? Some people are spiritually dead, therefore they have the nature of their father, the devil. You'll receive the judgment of them. When you get born again, you're no longer spiritually dead. You're spiritually alive. Now you receive the judgment of your Father in heaven because that's, that's who you're born from. We receive His judgment. It's good news, but it's severity because there is, the good news is good news for us because we've accepted it, but it's bad news for others that reject it. Never ever forget the fact that it's still bad news for others that will reject it or have rejected it. We pray that they accept it. The, I pray that the eyes... Of my heart, my imagination may be enlightened. What 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 enlightened to what? No, it's exactly what we should be enlightened to. The eyes of my heart to be enlightened to what does it say? That you will so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. Not your calling. We talk a lot about our calling. I my calling. What's your calling? What's your, and that's good, but you remember your calling is his calling. He has a call. The word, the word calling actually means invitation. The, open up my eyes to the hope of his invitation. What was his greatest invitation? What's the invitation for? To invite us into his presence, into relationship, into reconciliation, into sitting down at the right hand of the Father. That's the invitation. And when you see that revelation, that's my calling to be a son to this magnificent God, the Father, who created the universe with his words. And now I'm a son, I'm a daughter of him. That's my invitation. Now I'm starting to open up my eyes to this, to his calling. And, then, and and he says, and he goes on to say, open up our eyes to what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I love the fact that it's in the saints. In other words, the glory of his inheritance, it's in the saints. Everyone has a, a revelation of the glory of his inheritance. Everyone, that's why I need your revelation. You need my revelation, I need your revelation. And we're talking about the saints worldwide. God is so big, He needs the whole body of Christ, the global church, and this glory of His inheritance is in the saints. The glory of inheritance. What is the glory of inheritance? That word inheritance is very, very, very powerful because it means we inherit God. We inherit His nature. We inherit what He has. We inherit what all that He belongs to Him. We inherit what belongs to God. And that And Shouldn't that blow your mind a bit? My parents passed away young. We inherited everything they ever worked for, everything they ever slaved for, everything they worked for. They worked two free jobs each sometimes, paid off two, jo- two homes by the time we were teenagers. And when they passed away young, we re- me and my brother and my sister, we inherited instantly. Why? By name. Didn't have to work for it. We just got it when we sold the houses. It's physical money. It's inheritance. But it really represented their work. Imagine God the Father's work. Imagine He what He created. Imagine what He has blessed us with. Imagine what heaven's going to be like. We know the city of God. We know the, we know the streets of gold are pure, paved with pure gold. The 12, emerald, uh, 12 foundations of the city are made of the most beautiful stones. That's the whole city. It's 2,400 kilometers long, wide, high. It's, it's a cube. Phenomenal. The inheritance. And it says that we would... We would their eyes would be opened so that we would know the riches of the glory. The word glory is the, the weightiness of God. Glory is doxa. It's the word, word doxa in the Greek. but It's, it's the weightiness of who God is, is, His presence. It's His essence. It's who He is. His es- and the essence of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe? Now let me read that again. Do you believe the Bible? Actually believe the Bible? Look at this. What is the surpassing greatness of His power, that was dynamite, dynamous power, towards us who believe? Are you the one who believes? It didn't say apostles, did it? Did it say the 12 apostles? Or did it say you believe? If you're a believer? So now he's going to reveal what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe. If you're a believer, he's trying to unravel and reveal what is this exceeding greatness, surpassing greatness of his power towards us who to believe. I'm a believer. You're a believer. So I want to know what it is now. And he now explains it. These are in accordance with the working of his strength or his mighty power, the strength of his might, which he wrought about in Christ Christ. So the strength of God's might when He wrought about in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead and He seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So basically, God is saying, I want to I show what the exceeding greatness of my power towards you. The my power towards you that believe is when God exercises His mighty right hand, probably a little finger in God's eyes, but, but He exercised it when He raised Jesus from the dead. And not just raised him from the dead and left him that way, raised him from the dead and seated him far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and sat him at the right hand of the Father, didn't he? No one's got a problem with that, I hope. If you're a believer in Jesus, you know that he's got the name above all other names and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But you've got to understand, when God raised, when God raised his son from the dead, it wasn't like raising Lazarus from the dead. Do you know that? When, when Jesus said to Lazarus, when he's in the tomb, you know, Uh, What did he say? Come forth. Remember he said, Lazarus, come forth. He raised him from the dead and he took his grave clothes off. The Bible says, um, yes, he, he came alive. He was dead, but he came alive. But you know, Lazarus grew old, then died. That's pretty powerful to raise someone from the dead. You have that same power working within you. You can raise someone from the dead. The Bible says that. But Jesus, think of Jesus now. Yes, he physically died, but all of the demons in hell, all of Satan's power wanted him to stay dead. All the realms of darkness, all the principalities, all the powers, everything possible. Satan thought, I've got to get rid of this Jesus because he's healing the sick, raising the dead. I mean, if he keeps staying alive, the whole world will go after him. He's building his own kingdom. I've got to kill him. I've got to kill him. I've got to put jealousy on the, on the Pharisees. I've got I to kill him. I've got to kill him. I've got to get him. 20,000 people with a little boy's lunch. What can he do? Raises everyone from the dead. Heals blind eyes. They were following. I've got to kill him. I've got to kill him. So they killed him. Then they wanted to kill him and stay dead. His body's on the grave, but his spirit, I believe, went to hell. And now all the door of the realms of darkness wanted him to stay dead. Because if he stayed dead, then he was defeated. But you know that when God, the Bible says that God sent his glory. And Romans says that God, through his glory, raised Jesus from the dead. And so when God spoke, because it was all, Jesus trusted the Father that you're going to raise me from the dead because I never sinned. The wages of sin is death, but he never sinned. The devil put death on a man who didn't deserve to die. The devil did something illegal. He wasn't wasn't allowed to put death on someone who never sinned. But God, Jesus, out of his love, willingly laid down his life and allowed them to crucify him out of love for you. Out of love, and I want to give you a way out of this sin. I want to give you a way out to become a son and daughter of God. So he, he allows his body to be drained of blood for six hours on that cross. Uh, and uh, just week and week and week and, and then, then the Bible says he gave up with a loud voice <sighs> it's like he did it on purpose he released it by faith and, he, and then he, his physical body died I believe his spirit had to be. die his, you know, you know, Jesus is a man, you know that he's fully, fully God but fully man he had to become a man to defeat what Adam, to, to, to reverse what Adam lost. Adam lost it as a man. God had to bring another man, son of man. And Adam, the second man, the second Adam, the Bible says, he also calls him the last Adam. Adam means man. And so Jesus represents you and I, identifies himself completely to mankind. And then his, his spirit, soul and body, his spirit leaves his body. Spirit and soul leaves his body. His body's hanging on the, on the cross. But his spirit had to go somewhere. And, and all of hell wanted to keep him dead and couldn't. So when he was raised from the dead, the glory filled his spirit. I believe that's when he took the, death, the keys of death and hell from Satan, in hell, took it off him and went back into his physical body in that grave, right in, in that um, uh, cave, the tomb. And when he went into his physical body, the Bible gives us more understanding that he, we know with his blood, he went into heaven itself and poured out his blood. That's in Hebrews 8, 9 and 10. It's a complete redemption. It didn't just finish at the cross. He actually went with his physical body, with his blood, into heaven and poured it out at the altar. Clearly in your Bible. But uh, what I want to show you, something that is powerful because Jesus did it on your behalf. But you know when it says, what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us Believe It's not just believing that Jesus was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father. It goes on to say that you have to believe that you were also dead in your sins and He also raised you from the dead and sat you into heavenly places at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. That's what the power comes from. Believing we also raised from the dead. I was dead to God. I was dead in my sins, but He made me alive. But He didn't just leave me that way. He actually sat me down with Christ in heavenly places, far above all the principalities and powers and might and dominion. So if a demon manifested, if you cast, if you cast a demon out of a person, they have absolutely no right to stay when you know your position. It's like Christ saying to them, get out. There's no argument about it. They know it. But you have to believe that. Or else you'll play for 10 hours to get a demon out. You actually believe you have no right to argue. You have no legal right. You're trespassing. Find the open door. As long as that human spirit wants them out, they've got no right to stay. A human per- the person himself has to want that person out, a demon's out. Anyway, Let me show you in the Bible, your Bible, true? So so we know that Jesus was raised from the dead, verse 21, far above all principalities, far above, that's verse um, 21, yeah. far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. This is talking about Jesus. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. Everyone say his feet. So everything, all the powers of darkness, rulers of principalities and powers and darkness, every name that can be named. Where is it under? His feet. feet. Whose feet? Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely right. But what does it it continue to say? And gave him, who's that? Jesus, as head over all things to the ecclesia, the called out ones. He He gave him to be head over all things to the called out ones, that's you, which is his body. Just gave you a secret. You are His body. Let me ask you a question. Is the feet in the body? If the feet's in the body, isn't all things under you? This is what we're supposed to believe to have effectual working of His power. We actually believe that we're a part of the body of Christ. He's the head, we're the body. Wherever the head's seated, the body has to be there too. it's, It's a It's a monster. It's a headless body. I mean, Jesus isn't up there just head alone. It gives us a picture that we're his body, he's the head. Yes, we're on earth exercising the authority, but it's a spiritual picture of the fact that we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Like, let's continue to read. Remember in the Bible, there's no chapter 2. If, when, when Paul's writing this, isn't there? Ah, oh, stop. Chapter 1's finished. Argument's gone. I'm starting a new chapter, new, new subject, new thought. Chapter 2. He didn't put the chapters there. We did for study reasons. So he's saying, look, look, which is his body, and his body is the fullness of him who fills all in all. The body, the picture of being together, fills all in all. All of God's glory can come in the whole body, right? And you didn't stop the thought of the great effectual working of his power to us who believe. And you who were dead in your trans." trans- Trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according. This is what he's basically saying. This is what you used to do when you were dead in your sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now at work on the sons of disobedience. What you used to live like. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh. Just telling us what we used to do before Christ, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Even as the rest were. This is what we were like before. But God. Everyone say, but God. but God. The argument, the thought of the greatness of His power has not stopped yet. What is the greatness of His power towards us to believe? But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love for which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, uh, transgressions, sorry, transgressions, made us alive Together with Christ. Who, 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 what's happening here? God made us alive together in Christ. Together means together. It literally means this word sun means together in the Greek. Right? Trespasses, we made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, so and raised us up. With Him. It didn't stop. See, the power is actually believing. We're also raised up with Him. His resurrection was my resurrection. It was yours resurrection. We're actually raised up with Him. Seated us with Him. That's a word with again. With Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated? In heavenly places. With Christ. Do you see yourself seated in heavenly places? And we can go on to say far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, they're all under your feet. A disease is under your feet. If you get news from the doctor, oh, it's cancer. Don't go, oh no, it's cancer. Oh no, what's going to happen? And break down and cry. It's just cancer. The name of Jesus above every name. The world had to give it a name. Whether it's a spirit that caused it, whatever, it's under the feet of Jesus. We've got to believe this. I can't explain it any other way, but we've got to believe that, believe that we believe with the believe. And if your thoughts aren't thinking along those lines, your mind will go, What? That's not compute, not compute. What are you talking about? You're really saying we're seated in heavenly places? The Bible does. Yes. This is why, see, Jesus identified himself. Look at it this way God became a man. And that man, Jesus, identified himself with mankind completely so that he could take your place and die on the cross as you. It was as if you died on the cross and was judged for your sins. So, so his victory wasn't his victory. It wasn't like, I, I, I need a victory. I need to defeat sin. He didn't have to defeat sin for himself. He defeated sin on your behalf. He identified himself with you. So when you repent and give up your life, your right to live your life and make him Lord and make him Lord of your life, now you identify yourself with his victory because you've laid down your life. It's got to be a death a death to self, a death to sin. When you die for repentance, a change of mind. I don't believe what I used to believe. I changed my mind. I'm thinking about everything. I believe your word. That's that's repentance to change your thinking. Then I follow him and, and make him Lord. Now you've identified yourself with him. And what he has, you have. Does it make sense? But you have to believe this, isn't it? You have to have this revelation. That's why the Word is written, the Bible, the letters. It's so you can read and read and read and meditate and meditate and connect those new para, new para, um, neuro pathways in your brain, like renewing your mind. Because what your mind gets renewed now, it dropping, up, dropping faith into my spirit and I can believe. My mind's not saying no. My mind's saying yes, I believe this. Amen. I mean, it's not, again, you'll never get changed by hearing one message. All I'm doing today is feeding you some food so that you can continually get food for yourself from the Master. And when you get food from Him all the time, constantly it will transform your thinking, transform your mind, your thoughts, your spirit, everything changes about you because we're feeding from the Master. We're feeding from the Lord Himself. We're eating fresh manna from heaven that changes us. Amen. So that... In the ages, no, 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 let's just go back to verse 8. And raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in Christ, Sorry, so, so that in ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not, of, not, of, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship. We are, we are The word workmanship is like, it's something that he has made, like a manufactured, we're manufactured by God, created in Christ Jesus. There's that uh, creating word that he created us in Christ. Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand as we would as we would walk in them in the Bible you know I talked about baptism at the beginning baptism identifies us with his death this 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 is all scripture okay I'm gonna just throw you some scriptures all scripture in the Bible you can read it and check it for yourself the Bible says if we suffer with him with him we shall reign with him the Bible says we if we suffer with him so we first suffer with him there's if we we the Bible says we were crucified with Christ Hang on a second, when was I crucified with Christ? I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. Again, God identified with mankind by bringing another man. Jesus Christ identified himself completely to humanity, to mankind. So for I was crucified with Christ. You were crucified with Christ in the mind of God. If you get crucified with Christ, the Bible says we died with Christ. It's all in the Bible. Colossians, Galatians, Romans, Ephesians. We died with Christ. If we died with Christ, guess what? If it's a dead, you, you bury in the water, watery grave. But we made alive with Christ. And when we get made alive with Christ, as we read, we also are raised with Christ at the right hand of the Father. And we sat down with Christ. And we're seated with Christ. And there's actually other scriptures that says we are also glorified with Christ. There's so much scripture that prove that when, when Jesus is glorified body, you know, you know, the Bible says, we shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. And how is the Lord right now? Full of glory. John the, Bap- John, the Apostle- Apostle- John the Apostle in the book of Revelations fell like a dead man when he saw Jesus. His face lit like the sun. His eyes like flames of fire. His, his legs were glowing like bronze. He can't explain it any other way. But when bronze comes out of the fire and it's glowing, that's what his legs look like. Glowing with glory. And it says out of his mouth was like two-edged sword and he fell like a dead man. John walked holy for about 70, 80 years and he couldn't handle the presence of Jesus when he walked in. He just fell. And the Bible says we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. And in Philippians it says our lowly body will be transformed like his glorious body. So you will inherit in heaven his glorious body. And, and, and we will we'll glory in different ways. Degrees of glory in heaven too, depending on what you do on earth. That's also in First Corinthians chapter 15. That every star differs in glory. Just like the sun differs different, the moon diff- uh, shines differently, and that every star differs in glory, so it is with the resurrection. That's in your Bible. Everyone will differ in glory when we get to heaven. You might see King David and go, God, oh, David, you're so bright and shining with glory. And others will be a little bit less. I'm serious. It's absolutely true. hundred percent true. And when you get to heaven, if it's not true, just come out to me my mansion and say, Leah, you were wrong about that. <laughs> it's fine, but I know it's true. You will be like him. That is biblical. That's word. I'm talking about the glory, different levels of glory, different levels of reward. That is true in heaven. The Bible says he'll, he'll reward us according to our works. It's not about being saved. Just he'll reward us according to our works. Saved is not by works. He did it all for us. But when you walk in obedience, we'll be rewarded for everything we do. Amen? Let's pray. Wonderful Father. Father, your heart and my heart and, and our heart as an eldership team and as a leadership team and as a church, as saints here in this earth, here in this um, church, but also in the earth, is that we would see this for ourselves. They won't take another man's word for it, even though it, I, I believe with all my heart it's the word of the living God. But we take the Word. We read it. Maybe some of us have never read the Word. Maybe some of us have never picked up the Bible. Maybe you're online. You're on Facebook, YouTube. You haven't read the Bible for yourself. You never knew these truths. This is the reality of how God the Father sees you. He has seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Made you one with His Son. And what His Son has, you have. Father, help us to see that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And that we have already arrived. We're not trying to be... But, but we already are sons and daughters. We don't want to argue with you in our thinking. We don't want to excuse things away. We just want to believe you actually see us as sons and daughters, that we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. He's our older brother, and we are one with Christ. We are one body. He's the head, we're the body. But Lord, we're connected to you, the head. And Father, what you, the head has, we all have right now just just believe that just receive that What i'm praying for you receive it just say yeah lord i agree with that my mind doesn't understand it, but i agree help me to walk in that help me to receive that help me to walk in the reality day by day each day each night as i go to sleep and every, every time i wake up help me to get in your word help me to spend time with you and open up my heart and talk with you and communicate with you and be a friend to come knowing I'm forgiven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there anybody in this room that needs to accept Jesus as Lord? You you can come out the front at the end of the service, say, hey, I I need to accept Jesus. I don't even have Him in my heart. Just be real with Him. If you don't have Jesus in your heart and you want to know Jesus, come out the front and accept Him this morning. Amen? After this service, we're going to close it. It'll be open. The invitation is open. If you want to make peace with God and accept Jesus, You can do that after the service. Amen. So Father, we we just thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, that His victory is our victory. Lord, that His triumphant victory over sin and death is ours. And Lord, we can't wait to the day we see You face to face where You split the eastern sky and the sun will turn dark because of the glory of Your face as You come back to this planet. And rule and reign for a thousand years from Jerusalem. We give you glory and honor, Father. Lord Jesus, come. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.